Hello and welcome to Arise and Shine Stories of Triumph podcast, hosted by Tanya Blackwood and Benicia Wyatt. We offer a platform for everyday heroes to share their incredible stories of victory over circumstance. Really, what is it on the inside of us that causes us to rise up and shine? On Stories of Triumph, we believe it's the God moments. So join us for some great conversation, another season of true stories with real people and real life issues. Sit back and enjoy another episode of Arise and Shine, Stories of Triumph. Yes! Good Good morning. morning. Praise God. Good morning. So good to be here. The power. Yes, you are watching Arise and Shine. I believe uh, there are so many people waiting to see this fabulous power couple. We're even in the first time of our history, Benicia, getting uh, messages saying, where are you? What's going on? Get started. Coronavirus. Yeah, right? It's just, I don't know, it's attacking technology and everything else, but Jesus is supreme. Yes, he is. Amen. So we are so happy to have you here. I actually will. I'm, I want to step back, let Phoenicia introduce the fabulous couple that we we have joining us today. So many people waiting to hear um, how the Lord has worked in your life and the God moments that you're about to share with us. Yes. Well, I am so excited and I have the privilege and honor to introduce Matt and Jen Miller which um, have become very good friends of mine and has helped me personally through some things that I was experiencing. So they're not just a guest, but they're really our friends and um, much appreciated. Um, So let me just tell you a little bit about them. So Matt, he is a Christian counselor located here in Cornelius, North Carolina. And he sees adults and adolescents that are struggling with uh, relational hardships. And he addresses things like faulty thinking, patterns that were developed early on, controlling emotions. Um, And what he does is he takes spiritual components um, along with his strong personal faith and and takes you through a journey um, of of healing. And I've experienced that personally. He's amazing. He does CBT therapy and motivational interviewing along with a slew of other things. So he's amazing. He um, graduated from Liberty University. And I believe you've been in practice about four years. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, good. I did my homework. Listen. Sounds good. (laughs) So now... Next is his beautiful wife, um, Jen Miller, who is a physician assistant, um, and she personalizes in psychiatric care. And Jen has um, written a book, y'all. Y'all have to get this book. Um, I know Amazon is on pause, um, but she is available on all electronic platforms. So her book is called The Heartache and Healing, um, and it is It's an amazing book. Um, They're going to tell some of their story on today. Um, And she is amazing. I haven't had a chance to talk to her in depth. You know, I heard Matt's story a whole lot. So I'm just excited as you guys are to hear um, her side of things on today. Um, So with that being said, could you tell me how long you guys have been married? Almost 25 years. Ooh, 
I think I read 1985. Is that correct? 95. 95. Okay. Yes, that is correct. Oh, so um, we just want to jump right in. We really want to um, just hear um, about your journey, but I'm going to tell you four words came to me when I was thinking about um, you guys and I I thought of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. mercy, transformation, and redemption. Mm. Um, Those are good. Um, just knowing a little bit about your story, those were the four words that really um, I've been just intrigued by. And so I'm going to be quiet and I mm-hmm. want to um, hear, um, let's start with the juicy stuff, right, Tanya? So how did they meet, maybe? Yeah, you know, that's always my favorite. <laughs> I want the backstory. And it's so funny because the wife's story is different from the husband every time. Yeah. But I, I want to know about how you guys came together, the union. Yeah. You want to go first? (laughs) Well, my family in 1990, uh, we had a split church uh, when I was a teenager. So I have two older brothers. So we were 15, 16 and 17. And my parents needed a youth group, you know, for three teenage boys. And we found a church in Lidditz, Pennsylvania that had a wonderful youth group. And on a Sunday, we walked in and there was Jen watching three young men walk into the youth group. I think all the ladies were in heaven that day. Um, But yeah, so that's how we met. And I think we were just really good friends for probably about six months. Mm. Wow. Jen, what did you think when they walked in? Were you like, I I wasn't sure which one was the most handsome, but. (laughs) Um, Wow. uh, But Matt, Matt and I connected pretty quickly and our friendship turned into more of a friendship within about six, nine months, mm-hmm. we, we started really getting to know each other better. So, mm, okay. So it started in church, started to get to know each other. So when did it move from just getting to know each other to, you know, now we're in a relationship and then engagement, so on and so forth. Well, she kissed me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that true, Jen? Is that true? It is. <laughs> she was dropping me. She was dropping me off at my house because she was older than me, so she already had a car, and so she was dropping me off after hanging out. And she just reached in. I was like, "Oh, okay." So, um, but that's how our kind of the romance of it started. We were pretty young, so. Um, but yeah. So you were teens at the time that all this went down. Sorry, Jen. You were teens. Yes, we were. I was sixteen. He was fifteen. Oh, okay. okay. So a little so not smooch. too bad. She's not a <laughs> no. no, no, no. <laughs> she was two grades higher than me at, at a different school. Okay, okay. So when did you actually get married? At what age did you get married? Well, we, since we met when I was uh, what was I a, a junior in high school? I think mm-hmm. um, I went off to college right after high school, and Matt went into the military within days after his graduation, okay. and we were apart for well, we would see each other on Christmas breaks and stuff, but for about four years we didn't see each other very much. So we had a long distance relationship. Wow. Uh, mm. To Korea for a year and. Uh, I think that year we only saw each other one time. And then when he got back from Korea, is that when we mm-hmm. got engaged? We got, well, no, no, we were engaged halfway through Korea, halfway through. 
Mm -hmm. I got married the July after I graduated from Grace College in Indiana. Okay. Wow. So long distance for a long time. Long time. Um, mm -hmm. And then a marriage. So the first question that pops in my mind is four years is a long time. So did you find that you were two kind of different people than four years prior? Ooh, good question. Um, I think we showed our good side <laughs> during those, <laughs> it was actually five years. We met in 1990 and got married in 95 but i think a lot of our bad habits and routines probably didn't come out until about a week after we were married wow mm -hmm. so oh, wow <laughs> we showed wow. Each other. what happened wait a minute you guys wait a minute i have to interrupt for a second because what happened to steve harvey's 90 days what happened oh, to that yeah. did you guys ever have the goody 90 days where you didn't show any 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 you know, mm. I won't use the words he used. <laughs> well, so you have to understand, I had an expectation that we were going to be having sex about four times a week. Mm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jen had an expectation that we would cuddle a lot mm. and that we would probably have sex about once every other week. And this wow. was never a topic we ever talked about. Mm. Um but so the first fight we had was we were sitting at, on opposite ends of the bed screaming at each other, you know, why do you feel this way? What's wrong with you? And that was probably the first time I had thought, I think I might have made a mistake. Maybe wow. I married the wrong one. Wow. So, so That's in, real. So in those four years, um, because we know that, you know, your story um, is a story of, of redemption and, and triumph. And not only that, but now you um, turn around and make sure that you reach and you help others um, who are who have experienced what you've experienced or to, um, I would say, prepare um, in, a, in a better way so they won't have to experience that. So um, are you saying that mm -hmm. it's important and significant to have these type of questions um, answered prior to marriage? So you're not like, you know, side swiped um, when you get married. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I personally believe God has blessed us tremendously and it would be ridiculous for us not to share our story with others because I I wouldn't change anything about our relationship and what has happened and the yeah. trauma that we went through because it's being used for God's glory now. But yeah. I do wish that I could, that I would have discussed at length more with Matt. I thought we had talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about how mm -hmm. many kids we wanted to have, mm -hmm. um, how we would discipline them, what school we would send them to. But there was a lot more that came out afterwards. And I, I don't know how we would have answered those questions, but there mm -hmm. was still a lot of background trauma from our childhood that, that probably came out that we were mm -hmm. not aware of. Right. That's really good. Um, so Matt, can we I talk have... about that um, a little bit? Because I don't think um, a lot of people, I know I've been married and divorced and I didn't recognize how, you know, making sure you deal with that that trauma. Sometimes you don't even mm -hmm. know that you 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 are traumatized in, in yeah. a sense um, because it becomes a norm to you. So can we talk a little bit about maybe your backgrounds and how you think that may have, you know, 
contributed to some of the things that you experienced? Oh, my word. Yeah. So my first one of my first memories is watching my my mom and my birth father divorce. And I was three and it was fighting over. uh, I think it was because my dad took us to see Star Wars and my mom was really upset about that. Um, And of course, he brought us home with, you know, half our size action figures to rub it in a little bit more. And when I saw my mom crying and my dad walking out the door and never coming back to live with us, I remember thinking, well, mom, if you would have just kept your mouth shut, maybe he wouldn't have left. Wow. And so from that, from three years of age, I became an avoider of conflict. Mm. So, so by the time I met Jen, you know, that seems kind of peaceful. That seems kind of humble. That seems kind of righteous. But not if every time you're keeping your mouth shut in your mind, you're saying, I hate you. I can't stand you. How could you have done this to me? Mm. What is your problem? Don't you see how amazing I am? So it was, it started in me pharisaical thinking Mm. so that by the time, you know, I'm 20, 25, 30, I've been so practiced in focusing on Jensen's and not thinking of my own and just pointing them out that what she was doing wrong, that it seemed so normal to me that by 36, you know, I was completely destroying myself and my relationships. Wow. And, and what I wanted to ask about that, that is, that is amazing. One that that memory is, is pinned for you at such an early age. Mm. And we never think about, I remember, and I know you guys hear this all the time in marriage therapy, probably, you know, let's try to work this out. Let's stay together for the kids, you know, and in the end of all of that, there's so many sides to that because I remember seeing my, my parents gradually falling apart Mm -hmm. and directly saying to my mom one day, why, why, why are you guys keeping this together? And that Mm -hmm. was her response. You know, we're, we're, there were six of us and we were watching this cinema um, unfolding before us. Mm. What, staying together for the kids can can we can we tap into that early memory that you have and talk about what this trauma does for the kids is it too early to dig into that a little bit because when did you discover it marked you well i didn't discover it till i started uh getting my own help which happened after me and jen separated and so I didn't realize how broken I was till I sought the counsel of godly advisors and pastors and accountability partners, because what Satan loves is men keeping secrets because Mm, there's a verse where Jesus, I think it's John. He says that most of us don't confess our sins because of fear of coming into the light. And then John actually says, we actually hate the light when we don't do that or when we hide our sins. So in a weird way, I'm thinking I'm in the church my whole life. Yet, according to John, the gospel of John, I hate the light, which is Jesus Christ. And that's because I was keeping secrets and I thought I was good, which is what, you know, Satan wants us to think is we're good, but we're not good. So um, does that answer your question? Yeah, it it does. I also was wondering when you were when you were speaking earlier, did you guys do marital counseling before you got married? No. We were too prideful. 
We thought we had it all together. <laughs> wow. We didn't wow, make the time for it. Mm. So, Jen, I have a question um, for you. So, Matt said, you know, within that first week, his thought was maybe I made a mistake. Well, what was your thought? I never thought. Week? I never thought that. Uh, but mm -hmm. I remember thinking, I don't understand why we need to have sex that often. To me, it didn't mm -hmm. seem like it was necessary. Um, mm -hmm. I just felt as though cuddling should be sufficient in between and that that should be all he needs. But yeah, I didn't think the, the drastic things he thought. Right. Then um, we, we had have, a we question, question come in. Go yeah. for it. We have a question that says, how did Jen's past affect her expectations of marriage? Like Matt avoidance. Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering was if somebody your... would ask that. Yeah. My my family was a really, really strong Christian family. I grew up in a Christian home and school and everything. But I and I my dad passed away from cancer in 99. Uh, my mom is still alive and I love her dearly. So I want to say this with an abundance of caution because I love my mom. But I did see a lot of uh, dysfunction and in, in that my dad was a workaholic. He um, he worked at UPS pretty much my whole life, I think. And he also had his own lawn business. So he was extremely busy. He slept about five hours at the most every day, every night. And mm -hmm. he, when he would come in to spend time with us, which was very rare, he would fall asleep. So my mom was the primary disciplinarian and the primary caretaker, everything for us as kids. It was, I have two older brothers, no sisters. I'm the baby and the only girl. Mm -hmm. So um, I saw a lot of... Um, tired, strung out parents who mm. did their best for us, but they were exhausted because of wow. all that they did. And I can so, relate to that, Jen. That, that, okay. that was, yeah. And my, and my mom was awesome. She's a, she was a wonderful school teacher, daycare worker, all kinds of stuff. Um, and I, I get why she was so tired because now as a mom, I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> And so when she would work all day and then come home and do lesson plans every night, she was tired of dealing with kids all day. She dealt with right. them all day at work and then at home. So when my dad would come in real tired and drag dirt all over the floor from working all day, that made her angry because here she spent half the day working and cleaning. And then she would mm -hmm. have a lot of under the breath comments and um, body language like I do now that... <laughs> said, I hate your guts and I'm mad at you, even though I didn't actually say anything. So wow, I became, that's powerful. Yeah. I became the queen of, uh, what, how do you, Shade. the, the verbal, no, the, the body language that has no words. <laughs> yes. I think most women can contest to that. I know I was yeah. guilty for sure. We don't have to say it, but our body language will definitely um, display our emotions. And yeah. Um, also, our facial expressions, you know, for sure. So, I hear that all the time, my facial expressions. I can't absolutely. escape anything. <laughs> so um, what I hear, a, a common thread is um, the expectations um, that we bring to marriage um, mm -hmm. can definitely be faulty 
Um, and if we don't talk about those things in advance and not just in advance, I'm sure um, you, you've been married for a long time. So I'm sure that expectations change as you grow and mature mm-hmm. and you, um, you know, find yourself in different spaces in life. You know, you're single, you have no kids. Now you have kids, you marry, you switch jobs, you go to school, all of those things. Um, so what I want to talk about is after that week then what began to take place that led up to the actual separation? Um, You know, when did it happen? What year it was in? Um, What was your mindset Mm -hmm. during that time frame? Well, so we also have to understand Jen did not find out about my, let's say, pornography addiction Mm -hmm. until 2006. And so you have to understand, too, is I have these high expectations. And so any young man who's listening right now, if you think that you're not sowing and reaping uh, sexual destruction just because you're looking at phone on your porn or phone, you know, porn on your phone and you think, oh, I'm not cheating on my future wife. Let me Mm. let me change your perception. The Bible says if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery within within your heart. So, wow. So the truth is I committed adultery against Jen hundreds of thousands of times before I ever even met her or married her. Wow. So this is a misconception that most young men have that they think they can sow into their heart, their mind, their soul, their body, this release and this perversion in these images. And to think that that's not going to affect your future marriage, you're wrong. That's good. And so that's powerful. And then the other part is when Jen finally did come out, she put her head on my chest and cried for 30 minutes and just kept asking me, why don't you love me? What what is so disgusting about about me that you would have to see that those images from somewhere else? Aren't I good enough? And so today when women hear uh, Mm. these women on these sitcoms that are making a joke about when their boyfriend gets caught with his, you know, pants around his ankles, they're like, well, if it's funny for them, why does this hurt me so badly? Because mm-hmm. the reality is it does hurt, but our culture says it's funny. And let me tell you, it's yeah. not funny, right? So that yeah. was part of it. That was part of the the, the secret that I had that Jen had no clue about. Um, and also my defense mechanism of avoidance. So now for 15 years, every time Jen upsets me, uh, I don't tell her. I keep it a secret. I am just sowing rage in my thoughts and in my mind so that by the time 2010 comes around and we're on our 15th wedding anniversary, that was when pretty much all hell broke loose. And um, that was when I was so ready to be out of the marriage. Wow. And I just want to make something clear for folks that may have just joined us that um you walked into the marriage with that already. Is that right, Matt? You had already. Okay. So it wasn't something that kicked off as part of the new marriage. It was something that you had brought to the table. Well, and as a young man, I said, well, once I said, once I get married, I'll quit. Ah. And this is before the, this is before the internet. Okay. Yeah. So I can't even imagine the temptation young men are feeling and develop the habits they're developing today. I mean, for me, you had to find some guy's stash or you had to go to the video store 
and right. embarrassingly yeah. walk around the video store and hope nobody, none of your friends sees you walk out of that back room. Mm. Right. Wow. Yeah. So I can't, I can't even fathom the struggles young men are having today with access at their fingertips. I think that's so powerful. The fact that you said, you know, when I get married, I'll quit because um, you know, I've talked to many individuals that have been, you know, addicted to porn, but that's the key. They had no clue that they really were addicted. They just thought, oh, it's something that I could, you know, stop doing mm -hmm. at any point in any time. So the fact that um, you could admit that, no, that that became an, an addiction. And I'm just so appreciative of your transparency, Jen, your transparency yes. today, because a lot of people aren't talking about that. And a lot of um, individuals are struggling with that, whether they're married or single and thinking, you know, since I'm not doing the actual act of sex, then I'm still okay. You know, I'm still safe. I'm, I'm really not you know, fornicating, but that comes in so many different, you know, ways. And so we need to talk about those things because you're right. Whatever we're doing in our singleness uh, is going to have an effect on our marriage. And so I, I appreciate your candidness. Um, Jen, and yeah, and that's come up in the comments, you know, um, with fornication instead of adultery. And, you know, mm -hmm. we've covered quite a bit already, guys, yeah. which, you know, I want to say thank you for that because these type of topics don't, don't, they're not pushed to the forefront yeah. and um, they're pretty intense. They're mm -hmm. pretty powerful things to talk mm -hmm. about. Um, we've, we've talked about sex before marriage, porn, porn addiction, um, you know, sex as a married couple, withholding sex as a man, we're off to a running start and we we're on the line for maybe 25 minutes. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you. I wanted to stop and say thank you. Did you both of you want either one want to address what Vicky mentions here about the difference between fornication and adultery and marriage? I mean, either way, they're sins, aren't they? Well, so <laughs> yeah, when we look at when we look at what sexual immorality is, the original language is pornea, which is where we get our word pornography from. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said any sexual immorality. Okay. So Paul described what sex is for. It's for me to use my body to love another human being selflessly. It is mm -hmm. for Jen to use her body to selflessly love me. So if I'm by myself, loving myself, that is sowing to the flesh only. Wow. So when, when I hear pastors or psychologists say masturbation is fine, well, they're not getting that from the Bible. That's because right. sex is to be with another person. Come on, Matt. Okay. So anytime yeah. I'm by myself, I am so struggling with pornea. That's sexual immorality. And the seriousness is, let, let's go right to Revelation 21.8. One of the lists of those who are getting the second death, the burning sulfur, and I don't mean to be morbid here, but it's those who continuously practice pornea, mm -hmm. sexual immorality. And that means it wasn't repented of. Mm. If their names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that means that person, no matter if they claim to be a Christian or not, they did not repent of their pornea, which mm. is any yeah. sexual contact or lusting outside of marriage. That's so good. That is. It's so yeah. good. And uh, as Dio Veris says, it's so deep, mm. almost too deep, but mm -hmm. it has to be talked about. 
You know, it really just has to be talked about. Makes you want to say, "Mm mm-hmm. And I did leave off one thing we already covered, too, that uh, is huge, and that's childhood trauma. If we could just stop that, nip that in the butt, taking Mm -hmm. care of these other things, we wouldn't have such a perpetual cycle of, you know, just repeating the sins over and over. Because you're right, Jen, when you look at them all and lay them out, even the word says no one sin is greater than the other. Mm -hmm. Right. But a culmination of them all together is catastrophe. Yeah. That the question that you had asked previously that Matt answered, I wanted to address that from my angle because for, I forget the exact question, but for 15 years, I had no clue that I was driving Matt into the ground, that I, mm. I, my body language, my size, my rolling of the eyes, my disgust, my weary, worn out, tired self yeah. was, was degrading and disrespectful to him. Wow. Men, I can't, exp- I can't say enough to wives out there. Men need respect. That's, yeah. that is what they crave. Yeah. They're, they've been taught that their whole life and it's not wrong for them to think that, to be that way, they they need to keep it in check. But however, as wives, we're the ones who that's our our pleasure. It should be our joy to be able to give them that respect. And it's sad yeah. that when we separated, I had to teach myself. And I, I remember looking up a bunch of websites. Um, I literally had to Google, how can I be my husband's cheerleader? <laughs> wow. Because I didn't know how to be his cheerleader. I was never a very flirtatious kind of woman. I never really put myself out there to, to attract him. I just kind of hoped that he would like me the way I was. And yeah. I found a very good website. I remember um, the husband 30 day encouragement challenge from reviveourhearts.com helped me a lot. And along with a lot of other Christian websites. And I put those things into place. I practiced them. I put mm-hmm. reminders on my phone to help me remember mm-hmm. every single day to speak his love language, to flirt with him, to kiss him, to smile at him, to do whatever was necessary to let him know that I'm here for you and I want you in my life. Because for 15 years, I didn't do that. And I didn't realize I was destroying our marriage that entire time. That, that's so, so powerful, Jen. Um, one of our watchers, one of our our diehard fans, actually, um, mm-hmm. Leoline was saying, amen, a man needs respect. Yes. Yes. He really, yes. truly needs respect. Mm-hmm. And it just sounds like for me, you finally just got to a place where you were like, I thought I was all in before, but mm-hmm. I need to be all in in a language that he understands. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And what I love about it is that, you know, you took accountability for your part. And I don't think any relationship can be restored or the healing can actually begin until you're introspective as opposed to pointing the finger at the other individual. And so I think that is so powerful um, when we come to the place where we recognize God fixes the individual. My job Mm -hmm. is to get in tune with God and allow him to fix those areas that I didn't even know was broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I just commend you on um, having the tenacity and the desire to mm-hmm. not only want your marriage to work, but to do it God's way. Because without God, 
um, like like you said, that's something that we're just not taught generally mm -hmm. is how to be a godly wife, a humble wife, what the true meaning of submission is. Yes. And so um, I just appreciate the fact that um, you were able to um, come to a place that you said, I need this. Yeah. I need to to change. And it's, it's beautiful to see, you know, what actually came out of it. Yeah, it took a long time. It took several months for that to really sink in. But yeah. um, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. When I finally got to my knees and just said, Lord, wow, take, take control of my husband, take him as low as you got to take him to bring him to you. And mm. let myself go because for many, many months, I was trying to manipulate getting Matt help, having an accountability partner, helping him go to prayer meetings and church and men's groups. But that wasn't my job. My job was to let go of him and let wow, God. Wow, there you go. I had to do. So good. Let go and let yeah. God. That's what and, <laughs> and you walked right into, that's why I said, wow, when you started talking about that, because my next thing was going to be to ask you, for both of you, if you could talk to this for a minute, you kind of you kind of touched on it just now a little bit, Jen, but I know you had to adjust your prayer game, mm -hmm. like your personal relationship, your prayer game. Mm -hmm. What shifts had to happen there mm -hmm. for you to then come back together? Because when was the separation exactly in the timeline? Um, he's, he told me about his affair that he was having in January of 2011. Wow. And, um, it probably took two to three years till we finally were starting to come back together. Mm -hmm. mm. So what were you doing in those two to three years, Jen? Is that when you were seeking God and did you, what about your support system as well? Did you have a good support mm -hmm. system? I did. I, at first, I pointed the finger a lot at Matt mm -hmm. and said it's all his issue and that he was the one with the obvious sin. And mm -hmm. I thought I had it all together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. But after three or four months, um, I started seeking help, getting counseling on my own. And he didn't want to go with me. I think he went to maybe one or two sessions, but not regularly. And then we had found a place called His High Places. Uh, that was actually where Matt works for now. It's a counseling ministry. And we uh, went there. It took a long time to get there because Matt refused to go at first. But I just kept praying, Lord, let go. Help me let go of him and work so that you can work. Because the more I tried to intervene the more I was in the way. Mm, that's good. Uh, so I got on my knees and prayed a lot. I uh, read Psalms almost every night to fall asleep. And I usually didn't fall asleep till about two in the morning, most nights. Mm -hmm. um, my son, one of the neatest stories I have is our son's room was catty corner from my bedroom and he could see me. He would, he would often fall asleep watching me as I was praying. Mm -hmm. Wow. So he saw how I fight, that I fight with spiritual weapons, that I don't get on the phone. I go to the throne. Mm, that's wow. We need to make sure that gets in the comments. Yeah. Yes. That's go to the throne. So you, let's talk about the children real quick because we, we've mm. never addressed that. So um, you have two children, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, a young man and a, a young 20, lady. 20 year old son and a 17 year old daughter. Okay. So at the time of the separation, did you have both children? Mm -hmm. They were eight and 11. 
Okay. So you basically became almost like a single mom, sort of, kind of, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. So the, the <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm a single mom, so I understand the pressure of having to deal with that and still be in a place where you can function and intercede, you know, for your husband. Um, I just commend you for that. That is amazing. You know, that does take God because we can't do that in our own strength. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of support, a lot of people at my church praying for me. I met people at the gym that prayed for me, that hooked me up yeah. with prayer lines. I had people all over the county praying for us. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Jen, I wanted to I want to take it back to Matt because I want him to mm-hmm. answer that question as well about the adjustment on the and his prayer mm-hmm. game and also where he's what he spent those two to three years time doing because mm-hmm. there was a lot of activity in that window. Yeah. But for you, you said something that was key just now. And then mm-hmm. Vicki um, asked us a question for you as well, uh, because with the porn addiction, it kind of attacks the partner's mm-hmm. self-esteem. Um, and mm-hmm. you talked about going to the throne. But for a second, can you talk to us about not not the faithful Jen, mm-hmm. but the, the angry Jen? Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> that transition from the angry Jen, because there Mm -hmm. might've been a phone call or I can't believe he's doing this. And what has he done to our family to Mm -hmm. that transition to she's taking it to the throne. Talk to us about finding your way in that. Yeah. I I get asked that question a lot. Um, At first it was very, very difficult to have sex with Matt. I felt as though I was an object. I felt like I had to put on a fake face. Um, I learned over the years that my that God's promises never fail me. And mm. if I continue to love him and I continue to speak his love yeah. language, which at that time it was definitely physical touch. Our love languages have changed over the years, but at that time it was physical touch. And I knew that if I did not give Matt that physical touch, whether it was intercourse or not, I would... I would lose him even more. Right. And for, for months, I continued to give him everything that he wanted. But I felt like I was putting on a front, like I was an actress. Mm. I, I had to pray <laughs> before because I felt like chopped liver. I felt as though I was just his, his addiction. Mm. Uh, God blessed me as a result. And above and beyond anything I could have ever imagined, within months, Everything, things were back to normal in the bedroom. And I felt like I had my man back because Mm, I knew that God would would reward my faithfulness. I continued to believe, Mm -hmm. even though I didn't understand, I just kept plugging along and knowing that the understanding would come if I just obeyed God's word. Mm. Amen. That's powerful. That's That's powerful. Because you were (laughs) operating... operating in faith you know yeah and one of my favorite sayings was um pray pray it till you make it i think yeah pray it till you make it because Mm. i knew that obedience comes first and understanding will follow i had that pasted all over my refrigerator and everywhere (laughs) so jen did you have to tell yourself things um going back to the question um prior about 
it affecting your self-esteem. So did you find yourself having to tell yourself things like, no, you are beautiful. You know, I am worthy. Um, you know, did you, did you have to consistently um, encourage yourself um, in the Lord during that season so that you could keep, you know, that, that self-esteem intact in the midst of what was going on? I have a prayer that I learned when we were in counseling that I said to myself and I memorized it and I still say it to this day. It's a full page typed up and mm. it, it reiterates exactly what you just said, that I am a child of God and Satan cannot take that away from mm. me. So, Amen. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. that is so awesome because I think sometimes and I heard this in a message I want to say yesterday or the day before, and it was so amazing. It said, sometimes as believers, we think that we're just going to be blessed just because. But we have a responsibility um, to do the word and, and seek God and pray. And so I appreciate that about you both, because one of the common themes that I've heard is that you had to do your part. So you mm -hmm. didn't just sit back and say, you know, God, just snatch it out like I used to. Lord, you know, just snatch this yeah. thing out. You're God. Yeah. He's like, no, we're going to work it out together and so i just appreciate mm -hmm. that because i know both of you did the work and because you did the work god restored and because he restored now you get to help other people restore so um i'm just so excited this is yeah. in a time like this it's a story of of redemption and god's mm -hmm. goodness even in the midst mm -hmm. of tragedy and i think with all that's going on we needed this today Go ahead. yes Matt, Matt, I definitely, I want to hear your, um, your labor and, and your prayer work and the, because we, we spent some time on, on the journey that Jen has gone through, um, kick us off with, you know, the introspective and the prayer game that Matt had to have to recognize what he was doing, not only to himself and to his children, oh, yeah. but also to the Lord. Mm. Yeah. So, well, first and foremost, I was in the church for 36 years and I could have told you, you know, Romans 10, nine and 10, you know, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I presumed mm -hmm. because I could say that verse with my mouth. Well, you know what? I must've done this transaction correctly and I'm born again and I'm mm -hmm. on my way to heaven Yet, if you would have looked at the evidence of fruit, mm. there was absolutely none. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Leolene just said that the fruit. Where, where I got turned around was I was in my basement during our separation. And somehow, in my wanting to be an atheist, my wanting to say there is no God, because if there is no God, then, you know, why would I have guilt? So, let's get rid of God and maybe this guilt will go away. It never did. Oh, so mm, I'm reading. Yeah. I'm reading 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm reading that love is patient, love is kind, you know, love is not proud, it is not rude, it does not boast, it holds no record of wrong, it's not easily angered, you know, and I'm reading all this, it always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails, and I'm like, wait, I'm telling the entire world that I love my kids more than life itself, that I love this other woman, and I don't love Jen anymore, and I'm the exact opposite of every claim these verses are saying what love is. Wow. So what I had to do was realize 
there's something wrong with me. If this is what the Bible describes love to be, and I am none of it, it really convicted me. And when I now read the the word of God and it says, you know, that the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword penetrating the heart and soul, the joint and the marrow, it judges my thoughts, my motives and my attitudes. And what I found in that basement, it was judging my thoughts and my attitudes and my motives. It was piercing me. So ladies, don't think your words are piercing your husband. They're just going to make him want to rebel. The word of God pierced my heart. The Mm. word of God convicted Mm. me to produce change in a way that Jen's words never could have. And so you have to understand while Jen is now worrying about herself and getting help, she's not trying to correct me anymore. She's not trying to change me anymore. And in the midst Mm. of that, the prayers of thousands of people are piercing me and I'm reading the word of God in my wanting there not to be a God. Yes. So how did my prayer life change is I started seeing the word of God as opportunities for me to pray, right? Ephesians three. Mm. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly more than I can ask or even imagine through the power that is at work within me to the glory of the church, right? So I'm looking at that I may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Do I know the height, the width, the length, and the depth of the love of Christ? And I'm reading these verses And I'm realizing, why am I pressuring Jen to love me this way when I already have this unconditional love from my God? And so where my prayer life really changed was I started quoting the word of God over my life for a husband, Ephesians 5, 20, you know, 23 to, or was it 25 to 33 over Jen, you know, 1 Peter 3, 1 to 6. What is a godly wife of a quiet and gentle spirit? Mm -hmm. Then where my prayer life really changed was when I would get offended. This is what God started mm. doing. In my word, offensiveness, offended. I'm looking yeah. at one of Jen's sins, right? Maybe she was rude. Maybe she was uh, not very submissive, okay? But what uh-huh. God is doing through that, that offensiveness is pre- he's revealing seven of my sins, my pride, mm. my self-righteousness, my arrogance, my haughtiness, my inferiority, my fear, So why would I focus on Jen's one sin instead of confessing my seven to God? That is so good, Matt. (laughs) So do you see how Satan tricks us? He keeps us so focused on the darkness in Jen that I can't see the tremendous darkness within me. Yes, that Martha was just agreeing, saying she had to see what you have to work on you. God had to remind you. That's right. You had to work on you. Mm-hmm. And you know what you know what revealed that in me was Jen's unconditional love. Mm. Wow. Not her words, not yeah. her uh, Bible throwing at me, not her Bible darts, not her telling me to go to this men's group, not highlighting sacred marriage yeah. and all the parts that are my fault. Right. <laughs> no, that that never worked. She tried that. Yeah. But what what turned me around was the conviction of the Holy Spirit that only came through Jen's quiet and gentle inner beauty. Jesus. And you know what, Matt, you, you, you saying that just reminds me of why I'm taking a course right now called wife school mm-hmm. because my instructor and, and sister in faith, Leoline always says, you know, you have to, that piece that you bring is God's peace to the marriage. And when your husband looks at you and he's twisting and turning, he should see that reflection because it will help him find his way. 
And you just validated that. That's the reason why I'm not missing class. Leolene, I'm not missing class because it's so important. <laughs> it's so important. And that unconditional love piece, yes. my God, I remember someone said, you have to love the hell out of individuals, you know? And so <laughs> literally, I, literally, and you cannot do that without Christ. It's, it's, mm -hmm. You just cannot, we don't have that capability, but with the love of Christ. And as you both said, you know, the word is a mirror. Really, you know, every time I would go and say, you know, he did this or a person did this, the Lord always turns that around and said, OK, but how did you respond and how did you contribute? And yes. sometimes I'm like, why does it always have to be about me? But it really why is. do we have to be good? Yeah, <laughs> it really. Is, it really is all about us because that's who we can control and who we're responsible for. But if we change, then the situation can change and people will change if we love them the way that Christ has called us to um, love. Uh -huh. One thing I want to talk about, though, Jen, when we talk about this unconditional love, is one part of the story that Matt tells me. And I'm like, listen, I need to see Jen face to face. Like, I need to <laughs> hug. We can't hug right now, but I am sending you an air hug. <laughs> is that <laughs> you um it was one point and I'll let you guys you know give all the details elaborate yeah it was one point where you you went to Matt and he was actually at the home I believe with with the other woman mm -hmm. and you displayed what we're talking about today that unconditional love so please walk us through that that process how did you get to that point? What were you thinking on your way there? Um, give us some details surrounding that. Um, I just told Matt I'm probably going to need tissues. but <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Thank you, I, I hadn't really been praying a lot about this move, but this action that I did, but I was at home with our daughter, who was eight at the time, mm. and I just had this feeling like I needed to go um, get Matt because he wasn't home yet. And I didn't know where he was. He was usually home by that time. So mm -hmm. he had been renting a home that was only two minutes away. And I figured he was probably there. So I drove over and I parked my car up the street so that he wouldn't see me. But I saw that his car and the other woman's car were there. So I knew, but when I knocked on the door, no one would answer, but I could hear noise inside. So I walked around the back of the house and I heard noise, but still no one answered. So I went back to the front and when he, when he finally answered the door, he just cracked the door open. He didn't come out and asked him, will you please come outside? And I had not recited this. I had not practiced this at all, but this is the power of the Holy Spirit within, within a person. And I don't claim to be any great <laughs> woman of God. And I didn't really display spirit filled kind of life back then, but the Holy spirit spoke through me. I know because mm -hmm. I said stuff that when I look back, I don't know how I said this, but wow. I said, I said to him, don't come home this evening because I'll take care of the kids. Um, they, I knew they both had lessons for their music that night. And I said, I'll take them to their music lessons. I don't, I don't need you to come home. I stayed calm. And I said, I just, I, I want you to know that I love you and I want you back in my life, but mm. I don't 
you to come back home until you get your act together. So mm-hmm. please just know that I love you. And that's it. I didn't go on and on. I just said that and left. Um, yeah. I knew she was right inside the house. Um, actually, I think when he answered the door, he was still buttoning up his shirt or something, putting his clothes on. So it was, mm-hmm. it was really tough. But I went back to my car and I remember getting in my car and turning on the Christian radio station and um, there was a song on, it was Laura Story's Blessings song. And to this day, I remember that song and many others that just brought healing back into my heart because I knew that I did what I needed to do and that God would bless me for it. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. So amazing. So that, God. That's so that, great. Yes. I was going to say the amount of courage and yeah. just yeah. what, what, you said that you weren't walking and claiming to be this this amazing woman of God, but in your humility, you just presented an example of what the ultimate woman of God yes. would do. Yes. You know, to set to make it not about you, but to make it about the love that exists. Um, yeah. it, that was just so powerful, Jen. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now you're I, on the receiving it. Oh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. hon. Go ahead. Um, I just was going to say, and, and what I love is that you said you were in prayer. And what's so awesome mm-hmm. about God is God instructs us in the way we should go. And so you said you felt led to do that. And so that's a point, you mm-hmm. know, that we want to make sure everyone understands is that it's your personal relationship with God that will give you the instructions on how to go about handling your situation. And mm. then the obedience, because yeah, I'm sure your flesh, it. you know, this flesh mm. is screaming like, Lord, you want me to do? I've been in that space a whole lot. Like, Lord, you want me to do what? I really just want to hit him. I yes, just want to sock him one. I, Blake, break the window, <laughs> something. But the blessing is in the obedience and the mm. blessing is in the smile you have on, on your mm. face today and you know the blessing is the marriage that was restored and how it has blessed not only you two but your children now you leave legacy it's blessed mm. me tanya mm. and everyone who's on this platform and thousands of other individuals so i just want to commend you for being obedient because a lot yes. of times we hear instructions but that doesn't mean we're obedient because we allow pride mm. to get in the way. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Matt, I think Tanya was going to um, get you. I wanted cake. to toss him the mic. Right. Yeah. Yes. On the receiving mm. end. Um, literally, Matt, literally, God came to your door. Mm-hmm. And said, and I think someone said this um, in, in the feed as well. Because to me, that's how I, I took it. This this example of God, mm-hmm. his spirit walked to your door in the flesh and said, dude, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whatever it is, I need you to figure it out because I need you to come home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she was speaking for him, although she was present as herself. What, what did you do with that? Right. Well, what I now know is Jen lived out Romans 12, 20, when you're 
enemy is thirsty, give him a drink. When your enemy is hungry, give him food. And in doing so, you heap burning coals on their forehead. And what mm. Paul was quoting there was the Proverbs 24. Mm. And so that's the wisest man who ever lived besides Jesus is the original author of that. And Jen literally obediently with the Holy Spirit walked that out. And what sh- what I now know is the burning coals of the Holy is the Holy Spirit. That's mm-hmm. the burning coals. It was on my forehead. Where's my forehead is right here in my mind. So yes. for the first time in 16 years, I wanted Jen and it had nothing to do with sex. Wow. And it she became Jesus. so appealing that she showed me mercy, right? Jesus said, learn what it, what the prophet said when I prefer mercy over sacrifice, meaning you can obey the law, you can make sacrifices, you can obey the Ten Commandments, but if that's not pr- producing love and action towards your enemy, well, then it's worthless. And I now know that's what Jen did to me. And that started in an internal battle that was irresistible because now Mm. it's the Holy Spirit. Jen released the Holy Spirit upon me. Right. And so so what I know is most of the people, if you're, if you're listening to this, what you're going to say is when you meet me and Jen is you're going to tell us your sword saga and you're going to say, but Matt, let me, tell you what I'm going through because no, what I'm going through is different than what you and Jen are going through. And I won't be able to do that. And then I'll say, okay, let's stop talking about that story. And in the midst of when your husband or wife hurt you, did the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, love that person, be silent. And what most of us are doing is saying, Holy Spirit, no, Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep telling them what they're doing wrong. I'm going to keep these walls of offense up and I'm not going to obey you, Holy Spirit. Wow. And so here's what I, and my question is, okay, which soil are you then? Mm. Mm. There's four soils and the two in the middle, both have a falling away. One is the hardness of the heart. The roots aren't deep. And when persecution came in Jen's life, her roots were so down, so deep she couldn't do anything but obey the Holy Spirit. Jesus. And then that was contagious. Yeah. Mm. And Ooh. I find it fascinating that most of the people in the church, when they're given the opportunity to truly love their enemy, the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, right? We love that parable. But what most of us are saying when we won't stay in our marriages is we aren't even willing to love our children at the expense of our comfort. Ooh, that's good. Wow. And we are we are the priest and the Levite when we walk on the other side and try to divorce our spouse. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the seriousness of the Malachi 2 says that divorce, the words are treachery, violence, and hatred. And if you think that you can be in a marriage of irreconcilable differences and that God will honor your divorce, you are severely mistaken. Mm-hmm. There is never a reason where God says it's you're authorized to not forgive. There's never a reason. Mm, never. And what Jen proved is the prophet Hosea is what God wants even for those marriages where adultery is in place. Right. Because mm. I right. was the unrepentant adulterer that Jen had every right to divorce. Mm-hmm. And look at the power that came through her and then to me because it was contagious when she obeyed God when 99.9 women would have said I'm gone. That's right. Mhm. That's right. Yeah. So good. 
So it's not an automatic all the time, you know, that it's just over. You have to pray and get instructions and be willing to humble yourself and change yourself. It's so powerful. Yes. Um, the, the one thing that I wanted to ask you, Matt, as well. So being the, the one that committed the adultery, how did you work through the guilt and the shame um, in order to be able to, you know, show up? And in mm. love and to be able to receive love, knowing, you know, that that had mm -hmm. taken place. What did that look like? Well, it was in stages. One was there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Mm -hmm. yes. All right. That's yes. first and foremost. Two, I had to continuously say the Bible verses that say I am no longer a slave to my flesh. I'm a slave mm -hmm. to my, my spirit. I am no yeah. longer a slave to sin, I'm a slave to righteousness, not because of what I feel. You're never going to feel like you're a slave to righteousness, but Jesus says it through the apostle Paul. So it's more true than what I feel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the second part was I have a thorn. Jen has yeah. a thorn. We are all given tormentors of Satan from Jesus so that we don't become prideful. If we, if Jen didn't still struggle with fear, she'd be prideful. If I still didn't struggle with lustful thoughts, I'd be pretty prideful. Right. And what Paul says is my grace is sufficient through yeah. Jesus Christ. And when I finally started admitting that this lust is not going to go away, this sexual desire for visual stimulation is not going to go away. And I learned to glory in my weakness because when I'm weak, I am now strong. And yeah. I started using uh, a lustful image at church or a lustful woman jogging down the street as now an opportunity to perfect myself and fast and use this as a signal of when I'm hungry in a fast that I need Jesus. That's good. And I started glorying in my weakness. Mm, God still hasn't taken it away. I'm not that guy that prayed the prayer. And, oh, Jesus helped me to never desire alcohol again, and they never desire. No, that's not me. I wish that was me, but that's not me. And yeah. Jen still gets triggered with fear. It's just a daily battle. Sometimes she sees a, a Chevy Malibu or a woman named Shannon, and immediately she gets triggered. Mm -hmm. And so these are Jen's signals to push into God. Mm. That's so powerful. That's so powerful to be able to accept the fact that this is something that I have to navigate on a regular basis, but it all yeah. goes back to the word of God. So mm -hmm. it comes up and I have to stand on the word. It comes up and I have to stand on the word. It's yeah. so, so powerful. Really, the word is the answer to, to everything and not just the word, but doing what the word says to do. Um, amazing. Um, and I think it we, sounds, go ahead, it me. sounds like Matt, you done, you just pretty much jumped into the deep side of the pool. You know how it starts at three feet and then, yeah, you just went around with the word and you just dumped in, jumped into the deep end, um, to find your way out. Would you say that's a fair statement for both of you? Because one of the folks, um, Dio asked, how do you keep your marriage up now? How do you mm -hmm. keep things going now? Um, are you still swimming in the deep end? Um, how, how is, how's that? Well, Matt brought up the idea of us going out on dates twice a week when we were in counseling. And I laughed at him because I thought that was ridiculous and that we didn't have enough money for babysitters <laughs> and to go out that often. Um, I submitted and I 
allowed us to go out on dates twice a week. And that was in 2010, mm-hmm. 11, mm-hmm. 2011. And we've been going out on dates twice a week ever since. And I love it. Oh, wow. that's awesome. Our, do- our daughter laughs at us because she thinks we shouldn't. We, how do we have enough to talk about? to mm-hmm. that often uh, do we sit there and just look at each other to know we always have something to talk about um and even if we don't have something to talk about just spending time cheek to cheek face to face is mm-hmm. exactly what we need so, yep, so probably the biggest the biggest lie that satan told us was we have nothing in common <laughs> and one of the things yeah. that we forgot i forgot that we had in common were two genetically predisposed beautiful creatures named Christopher and Brianna. Mm-hmm. And Amen. why did I forget about the me and her are the only two people out of seven billion people that have those two things in common. Yet I forgot about that. Mm, that's good. That's yeah. so good. So being intentional, it sounds like, you know, like not allowing anything else to distract mm-hmm. this this personal time that we need to spend together. Um, The the other thing that I find is so amazing because that's the type of God that we serve. And I love Romans 8, 28 that says all things work together for the good Mm -hmm. of those that love the Lord called according to his purpose. I find it hilarious that the same counseling that you went to Mm -hmm. is the same place that Matt now works. Won't God do it? He'll turn it all around. Mm -hmm. So Matt, can you just speak a little bit to how did you end up working at the same place um, that you didn't even want to initially go to? (laughs) Well, that's really funny because my, my undergrad is in criminal justice and I'm 23 year army veteran, military police, civilian law enforcement, I, I love to fight. Uh, shout out to GracieLakeNorman.com. Uh, I love Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Um, so I'm a very confrontational person. I don't know if you can tell that. Um, but oh, what I've no. but what I've learned is humility is amazing. Um, and when we follow God, He says, you know, I just want you to be available. I don't care if you're able or not, because I, God, am able. You just be available. Um, and I thought I was going to retire from the army and go into fighting human trafficking with my physical body, arresting criminals and my weapons experience, you know, and God told me, no, I want you loving the men. And so I was like, well, God, no, no, that's not what I want to do. Um, God, you know, that I I was sexually abused. I was molested. I was raped. I I was tortured by a man for over a year that he got 27 years imprisonment for what he did to me. And I'm like, God, no, I don't want to love pimps and pedophiles and Johns. And God said, no, that's the God I am. And God showed me I'm no better than Kevin, my abuser. And when I I took that on, that I am just as evil as Kevin, that set me free to be able to forgive him. Um, And I just found out recently, he's at the prison my sister works at in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And my first thought was, I want to go talk to him to help him get over whatever he's going through. It wasn't, I want to go hurt him. I want to love him. Um, and so the, all those pieces together, and I have a, you know, a master's in Christian psychology from Liberty. And when the army was going to move us again, I decided to get out of the army to spare the, my kids another move geographically. And, 
Instead, I decided to open a counseling business where I could actually start putting into practice loving broken men. And it has really just morphed into more marriages in conflict, marriages in crisis. And then his high places, uh, Terry, uh, he was our counselor at his high places, just happened to reach out to us uh, about four years ago and say, hey, I just am going to be in Mooresville. You want to meet for lunch? And we're like, sure. We hadn't, <laughs> talked, we hadn't talked to him in probably eight years. And wow, he just wow. happened to call me. So that's, that's a God move right, right. there. Yeah. And so we met him for lunch and immediately he felt the presence of God and asked us to be on the board of his high places, not knowing I have a master's in Christian psychology. And then when I go to the second board meeting, Sam and Anita McMillan, who are the founders of this 40 year ministry, they just were smirking and looking at me and Anita comes up to me and she's about 75 right now. And she's like, um, is it true that you're a licensed professional counselor? And I said, yeah. And she's like, would you like to work for us? And I started crying. Wow. Wow. That so, is so and so we, I started working for them in February of 2017 and I just can't believe it. And like this coming week, we have a guy coming from Washington state for two weeks. Mm. Um, last week we had a couple from Pennsylvania. We've had people from Hawaii come to our house in Huntersville. So um, God is just doing amazing things. Yeah, he is. And what's so powerful to me is that, um, first of all, you are the master sneaking in a, oh my goodness, right, right in the middle and just keeping <laughs> up and just keep flowing. But that, that, that snapshot that you gave us of the trauma that you felt faced as a child, mm. um, one of our um, listeners who's also a coach, uh, mentioned this because she dealt with trauma as a child in a domestic abuse situation. Mm -hmm. um, to see the steps and the process that God has brought you through from what you experienced as a child to what you experienced teen dating as a teen to what you mm -hmm. brought into the marriage to where you said you were going with your career and where God put you with your career. You just see the God moments playing out. Um, he's just amazing. He's just mm -hmm. awe. It, I, I can't even find the right words, but mm. the movie, because there mm. probably will be one, mm. the movie, the Miller movie, mm. Well, I think they already have that. It's a comedy. Oh, cut it out. <laughs> well, I know I have two buckets of popcorn waiting because yeah. I, Jen Miller I, isn't a stripper, though. So, <laughs> you know what? I don't know it was you, but he, I say all that to say he is he is so awesome. The two of you are just another example of what a mighty, mighty God we serve. Amen. Because he has built you separately and together with everything that you need to face whatever comes your way. And only because you've leaned into the obedience. Yes. Uh, his call yeah. that even shutting down the white noise sometimes meant you needed to be apart from each other. But because of your obedience, you were brought back together and you are here today to share this amazing story with us. Mm -hmm. And um, I couldn't be more grateful. I'm kind of, you know, I'm emotional right now because he is so majestic 
and you're sitting there casually on the couch telling us this amazing story that is your life. And we're also grateful to you for it, mm -hmm. for your courage and your transparency. I, I want to tell you too, that if you're out there and you're listening and you think that this is just our cute story and that it can't happen to you, that that's not true. That's a lie straight from Satan. And it can happen to anybody. I certainly was not a great Christian. I, I believed in Jesus Christ and I had accepted him as my savior as a little child. But this kind of thing can happen to anybody if you just simply obey God's word. You're not going to understand what you're doing. Like I said before, obedience comes first and understanding will follow. And this, mm. this story can be your story. Don't think that it's just some cute little story in a book that somebody else experienced. Yeah. Thank you. And that's Matt, that's did you want to share anything? Yeah. Yes. Yes. What I want to end, I mean, I, I guess we're kind of wrapping things up, but as soon as you think I married the wrong person, why God did you let me marry this person? You're telling God, God, you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is when Jesus says that we need to daily take up our cross and put to death us. That's what mm. happens on the cross. We die. That's exactly what you're going to need to do in order to have an amazing marriage. Because in order to have an amazing marriage, I have to trust that Jen, no matter what she does wrong, is the perfect provision for me from God. Mm. And I'm trusting God, not Jen, as Jen is yeah. trusting God, not me. And so I want you to right now, if anybody's out there thinking, but Matt, you don't understand what my husband or wife is doing right now. I'm here to tell you, no, we do understand. And God is not surprised. He's not up in heaven wandering around, wondering what the heck do I do with this couple? I've never seen this before. No, no temptation has seized a man that is uncommon. But when you are tempted, stand yes. and God will give you the ability to stand. That's right. The first yeah. thing you need to do is take divorce out of the equation because if you take divorce out of the equation half your anxiety because half your in choices just went away i'm staying yeah, yeah. i'm here i'm going to fight for this marriage i'm not going to fight against you anymore i'm going to fight for you i'm going to fight alongside you and i'm not going anywhere because you're not my enemy as soon as i think you're my enemy i'm already believing lies and satan is sick of, sitting back smoking a cigarette laughing at me mm. right mm-hmm yeah. Jen is not my enemy. She never was. And I think that's what we need to realize in these difficult marriages. Your spouse is not your enemy. God is allowing these trials and temptations to sift you to see, are you going to come out or is the Holy Spirit going to come out? Mm, that's good. That is good. Mm. Yes. So out of this, not only has an amazing marriage ministry um, prevailed, but also a book that Jen wrote. And the book is called The Heartache and Healing. Correct, Jen? Yes. Yes. And you also have a blog? I do. Okay. Awesome. So we would encourage you all to check out Jen's book. Um, again, it's available on all electronic platforms, Kindle. Um, what other platforms, Jen? Um, it's Nook. on any brick, brick and mortar store, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Nook. Yeah. Okay. All, all electronic formats too. Okay. Awesome. Well, I am, um, 
just overwhelmed with um, the presence of the Holy Spirit today. He mm-hmm. has been ever present. Um, Tanya just put up where they can be found, both of their websites um, for Christian counseling and, and marriage ministry. And um, we're just so grateful. We're so grateful that you're in, you endured. We're so grateful that you have a story of triumph. We are too. Yes. I have my best friend again. (laughs) Aw, so sweet. I'm praying for a best friend. Keep me, keep me in prayer. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you two are um, amazing, amazing, amazing. And um, we have been so blessed with truth on today because it's the truth that sets you free. So thank you. Mm -hmm for allowing mm-hmm. your truth to set people free from all different things. We don't know who, um, who, whose story um, or what they were dealing with, should I say, today, mm-hmm. whether it was marriage, whether it's addiction, whether it's porn, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, anyone could get something from your story on today. It's bigger than marriage. It's mm-hmm. all about Christ. Mm-hmm. Tanya? Amen. Yes, it really is. It really is. Mm-hmm. And we're just so grateful and honored to have you. Um, just, I, I can't really, I, I'm, I'm speechless, really, because of the intensity of your story yeah. and the obvious presence of God. I'm very, very grateful for the walk mm-hmm. um, that you're doing, not behind closed doors, but out yeah. for the world to see. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thank you again for being a part of A Rise and Shine, Stories of Triumph. And I urge everybody to um, go to the blog. Um, And although Amazon has stopped shipping books during this quarantine season, um, take advantage of the Kindle ebook option um, and you won't be disappointed. Most definitely. And thank thank you guys so much. Mm -hmm. We we are so grateful to God that we found both of you, Tanya and Benicia, because (laughs) we want our story to get out there. So thank you very much. You're welcome. You're it's so our welcome. Pleasure. Our pleasure. Most definitely. You guys have a blessed day. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, a smooch too. Yay! Have a- <laughs> That's how we like to end it. There you yes. go. <laughs> All right. You guys All take right. care. Thank you. Yes, thank you guys. Yeah, thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye, bye-bye. guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for another great episode of Arise and Shine Stories of Triumph podcast show. We hope you enjoyed our guests. We know that we did. And if you're at all interested in being a guest on Arise and Shine, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can contact us at info at ariseandshine.live. That's info at ariseandshine.live. And be sure to subscribe to the live shows on our YouTube channel. And you'll find that at www.ariseandshine.live. Again, Benicia and I couldn't be more blessed than to bring you these stories of triumph and God moments whenever we can. We look forward to sharing them with you again. Take care and God bless you. Hide your light from no one. <laughs>